Good morning, Westside Family Church. It is so great to see you on this amazing, amazing time of the year, whether you're in the North Sanctuary, the South Sanctuary, our Speedway campus, or watching online. It was last year at this exact time that I was in Nashville, Tennessee, at a very small gathering with our good friend, Dave Ramsey. And this, at this gathering, one of the main features of it was for Dave to highlight and to celebrate what was just finishing up in Kansas City called Margin. Some of you remember it because you were here. Some of you, hopefully many of you, benefited from it. And it was an amazing time for me to brag on Westside Family Church, who was at the very point of rallying 110 churches to slay the margin monster in people's lives. And our objective was twofold. Number one, we wanted to relieve stress in the lives of individuals and particularly families and marriages who were really stressed out because of the lack of margin in time and particularly the lack of margin financially, which we know in all studies is one of the top reasons why marriages fail because they are stressed out over finances. But the second reason we did it was to position followers of Jesus to live a life of generosity. That was one of the things that we really wanted to accomplish. Now, at this gathering, there was also a pastor by the name of Louis Giglio in this small gathering. He's a pastor of a church in Atlanta and also behind a musical worship movement called Passion. And in that time together, in addition to celebrating what happened in Kansas City, he gave a little devotion called The Absurdity of Generosity. And he uh, highlighted it through the experience or the true story of Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And what I wanted to do in this special service today, historically for Westside, a time when we come to Thanksgiving and we express our gratitude, I wanted to tell you that story. Jesus is getting ready to do the greatest thing that has ever been done in history. He is entering Jerusalem for the purpose of giving up his life for us. He is going to make payment for our shame and our guilt, or as the Bible calls it, sin. The story is found in the book of Matthew, and I want to read it to you. Beginning in verse 1, As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. Now, Jesus isn't asking for a lot. He is simply saying, when you enter into the town, you'll find a big donkey and a small donkey. Untie them and bring them to me. Verse 3, if anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. So there is a particular guy in the town who has a big donkey and a little donkey. Verse 4. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. 
Say to daughter Zion, see your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foe of a donkey. Now, I never saw this before, but Jesus is at some point in the processional going to ride not only the big donkey, but he's also going to ride the little donkey. Verse 6, the disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those who followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heavens. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth. Out of this story, I want to teach you four principles about the absurdity of generosity. Principle number one. In generosity, God asks us for something, and that is absurd. I mean, hear me out. God could have made a donkey. Poof! Here's a big donkey. Poof! Here's a little donkey. Right? But he didn't. He decided instead to go to us. In fact, the fact that God comes to us, who he has made, and asks us for anything to borrow stuff from us is, in fact, absurd. Listen to Psalm chapter 24, verse 1. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. For us today, the conversation would look like this. You are asking me, God, to give back some of the money you gave me in the first place so that you could use it for something you want to accomplish why do you bother to count on me to do my part? <laughs> Think about it. Jesus could have said, tell the guy to give me my donkey and my colt. But instead, he didn't. Instead, he said, tell him that I need them. This is so humble coming from the one who owns everything. And this is Absurd when you think about it. God could have arranged for his son to enter into Jerusalem on a Boeing 747, but instead he had him enter into Jerusalem on a donkey. So if Jesus is riding on a donkey, maybe it's time for us to get off of our high horse. Just saying. Principle number two. Jesus rides into town on the generosity of ordinary people. Jesus rides into town on the generosity of ordinary people. And this is the plan for Jesus for Kansas City and whatever city you live in. He wants to ride into town on the generosity of ordinary people. And that is absurd giving all of the resources that God has and the fanfare by which he could do it. The donkey owner is likely a very ordinary guy, and it says that he set a tidal wave in the city of Jerusalem. It says, 
as a result, the whole city was present. And this is what God is thinking for this city. He wants the whole city to be stirred. He wants the whole city to ask the question, who is this man? Principle number three. Our generosity writes us into the story of God. Our generosity writes us into the story of God. Listen to this. The guy who had the two donkeys is recorded in the Bible. In all four Gospels, he shows up in the story of the Bible. I'm not in the Bible. But this guy is. An ordinary guy who simply gave Jesus his donkeys. Isn't it absurd that God, the beginning and the end, the beginning and the end, the alpha and the omega, would choose to write us into the story? He not only did this with this man with the big donkey and the little donkey, he also wrote the widow with her might into the story. He wrote the boy with simply five loaves and two fishes that he gave to Jesus. He's in the story. He did it with Joseph of Arimathea. We would know nothing about Joseph of Arimathea other than out of his generosity, he let Jesus borrow his tomb for three days. <laughs> he thought he was giving him the tomb, but he only needed it for three days. He only needed it for three days. The prophet that was quoted in the story is a guy named Zechariah who said that Jesus would, in fact, come into the city of Jerusalem riding on a big donkey and a little donkey, and he made that prophecy 500 years earlier. So think about it. This one ordinary guy, out of the generosity of one man, fulfilled God's destiny for an entire city. And you know what? God wants to do the same thing for our city. And every time that we are generous, God writes us into his story. Last principle. Principle number four. You always get back more than you give. Now, it should never be our motive for being generous to get back anything but in fact, when you look at the stories and the principles of God, it's how it works. It is a spiritual axiom. If you give anything to God with a motive of kindness and generosity, guess what? You will get it back. The guy got his donkeys back at the end of the event. They didn't crucify the donkeys. You know, They crucified Jesus. But at the end of the day, the donkeys were tied back up at the man's house. He got them back. And I can imagine that the guy, during the processional of Jesus going into Jerusalem, that people are lined up for one, two, maybe more miles, and they are waving branches, and they're swaying, and people are singing, Hosanna to the Son of David, blessed is he who comes into the name of the Lord. I mean, it's just going crazy. And I can envision that this guy who gave Jesus his donkeys for just a little while, is walking up and down the aisle, and he's saying to himself, oh, my donkeys are doing good. My donkeys are doing good. And I can imagine him once in a while tapping someone on the shoulders and saying, those are my donkeys. Those are my donkeys. <laughs> and later that evening, I can envision him, once the donkeys are tied back up outside, him saying 
to his wife, honey, you know, big donkey and little donkey were written by Jesus today. They were written by Jesus today. Essentially, because this guy said yes to the request of Jesus and was generous, listen to this, this guy was responsible for funding Palm Sunday, an event that launched the most significant event in human history. Out of his generosity, he funded Palm Sunday. Wouldn't you have loved to been given that opportunity that one guy who provides a big donkey and a little donkey catalyzes Palm Sunday, and we are sitting here today because of that. And you know what? That is absurd. That's absurd that God would let us be a part of it. Now, the donkeys don't have a soul. The donkeys don't have a brain like you and I. But the scripture tells us that creation knows their creator. They instinctively knew who Jesus was. And at some point in the processional, I can imagine big donkey looking over to little donkey and saying, you know who's riding on our back, don't you? And little donkey saying, our creator. And big donkey saying, you got that right. How did the guy get back more? He got back his two donkeys, but how did he get back more? Yes, he funded Palm Sunday by the generosity in letting Jesus borrow his two donkeys. But in return, God funded our salvation by offering up his lamb to be sacrificed for our sins. You want to talk about absurdity? It is absurd what God gave up out of his love for us. Now here is something that is not absurd. God is generous, so should we be. God is generous, so should we be. This is such a big idea, such a driver in the Christian life that we've made it one of the top values of this church. It goes like this. I'm going to invite you to say it with me. Ready? God is generous, so are we. One more time. God is generous, so are we. God is generous, so are we. It is not absurd for someone who has captured the generosity of God in our life that we would not automatically see the logic that we would turn around and be generous to give back to him whatever he needed from us to accomplish what he wanted to accomplish. And all of God's people said,